Good morning to you and welcome to Things You Might Have Heard for this Thursday, the 21st of September. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne bringing you this Thursday, 21st of September, uh, the Things You Might Have Heard program brought to you by The Conversation Project. The latest in yesterday's information, politics, current events, and pop culture coming to you in mere moments. Your go-to supplemental source for both mainstream news and unconventional news. A nice mix of stories we have because you help us pick the mix. You tell us what stories are conversational and we get them for you we have eight stories for today that were vetted by you and curated to this story by me so we'll get into them pretty quickly plus if you stick around we got great stuff as we call it the fun stuff making this more of a morning festivities than just a big rolling off of news stories and yes we have to do some sales in between that all happens as well we're going to talk some Merrick Garland we're going to talk some Chastity Hustons and we're going to talk about Anne Frank and uh, you know five other stories in the mix go to our website this is a conversationproject.com for more details on how we 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 do these things every single day for you 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 in the meantime let's get into the news for the day without further ado shall we uh today as you said is september 21st 2023 on this thursday and here is some of the stories that we have for you uh, today that were vetted by you as conversational uh, in the feeds we'll explain that in a bit as well and created by me into these sources here let's start off with the first headline that we have for this morning for you which reads merrick garland rebukes congressional republicans at house judicial committee hearing Merrick Garland was all of us yesterday sitting in front of the House hearing uh, that was just all sorts of bonkers and crazy, including some times where he teared up in some cases and some times where he jeered at some of the people asking questions that, if you would have been there yourself, thought were pretty much useless and just dumb. A lot of things that are highlights from the actual trial, or, or should say the hearing, I should say, not a trial, were the fact that Jim Jordan, who of course called the trial and, and had the um, uh, did not quite subpoena uh, Merrick Garland. He came on his own. It was called out for not calling to his subpoena for the January 6th commission. That happened. Also, Matt Gates asked about the Hunter Biden stuff in which Merrick Garland's like, yo, that's not really my job. Things along the lines like that. These things are all for show. These things are all for theater. And they're all to really do nothing but to get people some clips on YouTube and to send things back home how they fought against the evils of whatever. Nothing came about this. Anyone who watched this for five and a half hours basically saw their lives just kind of suck away from themselves and just had to kind of live through it. They're not going away. They're kind of important in some cases. In this case, as Merrick Garland probably shown in his face, a real waste of his actual time. Second story this morning, man who shot black teen who mistakenly went to his door enters his plea of not guilty. Trial is now scheduled for Andrew Lester, 84-year-old who entered a not guilty plea. He shot Raph Yarl, a black teenager after teenager, knocked on his door in Kansas City looking to pick up his little brother and it was the wrong door. The white 84-year-old homeowner uh, said he was afraid for his life and why he just basically shot through the door. Trials is scheduled for next year, so it's all ready to go. We will see how this thing plays out. Y'all actually testified that he was shot in the head and arm after being told, don't come here ever again by Lester. The bullet did not penetrate his brain, so we know he is alive that. He is now a senior in high school, making plans to go to engineering school and college. So the good part of this is he survived and he has greater things going on. The bad part is we have to get through the trial. It's going to happen. Our third story, Kevin Costner and ex-Christine Baumgartner reached amical divorce settlement. If you hadn't figured out yet, Kevin Costner and Christine Baumgartner weren't quite divorced until now. 
terms of settlement were now done, but we can't tell you about them because nobody knows. Originally ordered to pay $63,209 in monthly payments to, to Kirsten Baumgartner, Kevin Costner was like, why is she getting this much money? And the back and forth and back and forth, back and forth began. It's now done. They're now officially a divorce. They can say that in the statements, but we do not have any idea of the settlement because it's all behind closed doors. Give the rumor mongers a few, a few days and they'll have more details of the maybe not so salacious divorce details, but the full details, what's going on. But now we know that it is officially done. They, of course, got added to the list of the celebrity breaks up very early in this year in the long-standing time where Kevin Costner said, I can't get any work because this lady taking all my money. Apparently, that'll be over. We'll see what happens as Kevin Costner may return to Yellowstone, may do more stuff. Who knows how that goes. A fan who died after a Patriots game had medical issue not traumatic injuries, autopsy shows. There were some issues after Sunday night's Patriots game with Miami and um, New England where a 53-year-old man died Sunday after being at the game. Now, there was a lot of talk about a confrontation, kind of a, just a, a scuffle, and essentially the guy got punched. Dale Mooney eventually got, got punched and rushed to the hospital somewhere inside the game. What we're finding out is no, he didn't get killed from the brawl. It wasn't a blow from the head, but he had some other issues that actually led to his awful uh, demise in the issue. Uh, we'll get more details deeper into this, or if you want to go deeper into the story specifically, we have a posting from USA Today. Click the link in our details to go what's going, you know, what's going on. But he had a medical issue that had nothing to do with the altercation that may or may not happen at the stadium that night. Continuing with the football theme, in a sense, ABC has found a way to fill its schedule while the writer's strike is going on and beyond, as they have officially plugged their hole for Monday nights with 10 Monday night football games. Now, if you watched last night's, last, this week's Monday night football, I guess a few days ago, I was confused because there was a game on ABC and I kept seeing Pittsburgh and, and Cleveland, but I knew the Saints were playing on Monday night. They were playing on on ESPN. The other game was on ABC, a doubleheader, if you will, that covered no programming for Monday night. ABC said, hey, this works. We're doing it for 10 more games to stretch out the season to keep them on their toes uh, to get things on the air. Meanwhile, other shows, reality shows are coming back to um, ABC to keep things going. In fact, we believe, and we'll talk about this slightly in a second because it sort of fits in, uh, Dance with the Stars, which was moved to the streaming service essentially because, you know, they had so much stuff to go on TV, coming back live to ABC because they need the actual cheddar. They need things on the air. The season will be an interesting season. ABC already gets a jump on it because they have the rights to football on Monday nights, and they'll do that as well. Other stations, including the CW and other things, are throwing out things that are highly rated that will make things happen that are more reality-based or rerun-based, game show-based, to make sure things are working for them to fill their schedules as new programming that had not been completed can't get back to work until both strikes are done. A Texas teacher reportedly was fired after reading from the Anne Frank Diary to students. Now, here's where it gets complicated. Not the original book, The Diary of Anne Frank, but a 2018 version that was a graphic novel, a comic book, if you will, uh, that had some portions of it that were the, some of the, um, we'll say, sexually graphic parts uh, displayed, displayed in the book that were uh, out there to be seen, if you will. And because this this book, this particular piece, was not actually reviewed or put on the list to be discussed, The Diary of Anne Frank is on the list, but this actual version was not. 
teacher was fired and now a substitute teacher is taking on the job of teaching that class there. The adaptation of Anne Frank's diary has been pulled from several Texas school districts and is under review in another Florida district because of the sexual content in there. Now, you can fight the fight for, you know, this is history and it was already said and nobody complained about it 40 years ago in, you know, Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. But this is the fight we're having right now over books, over learning what's going on. I had literally had a conversation with someone yesterday about being here in Arkansas and how education is going. And the statement was that the governor, and I'm saying this as a person who likes the governor's father, a former governor, but doesn't quite understand the way they're playing these things out. The governor here in Arkansas essentially wants to make sure that she keeps her jobs and her cronies keeps her jobs and making sure that everybody else is not smart enough to realize that things are going on because... They seem to be dumbing down everything that's possible, not allowing people to learn stuff and grow, saying, no, this is a standard and we're going to take it three steps down and go with that. That seems to be what education is doing. We are not the tops in educations. We're not the tops in creativity. And so to combat that, we're going to make sure we learn less and less are less creative so that I guess we can all go back to working in factories, even though all the jobs are not in factories anymore. We will see how this one plays out because it's going to court. Ex-Trump aide, technically, Cassidy Hutchinson claims Rudy Giuliani groped her on January the 6th. Now, Cassidy wasn't actually Trump's aide. He was, she was an aide of an aide. But the story that we're hearing now, not because she's suing Giuliani for anything odd, he has no money, so that'd be useless, is coming out because she is promoting her new book. Were you going to buy Cassidy Hutchinson's book? Probably not, but now that we're hitting some excerpts and people are talking about it, uh, this is talking about specifically an a incident that happened on January 6th at the rally, uh, before the rally, as the short story version is, Rudy Giuliani was walking around with a bunch of papers saying, this is my proof, yada, 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 goes up to Hutchinson, to, to, um, yeah, to to, uh, Hutchinson, grabs her on a quick embrace, kind of reaches and touches her, does a little kind of little orgasm thing with his eyes, and moves on, while other people are kind of like, Okay, that's weird. Uh, and in fact, she's being backed up by plenty of her supporters that worked with her saying Hutchinson is a stand-up girl and would not just make these things up. Of course, Giuliani's like, you know she's trying to sell a book, right? And this guy, like, saved America, right? He fought corruption. He took out the gangsters. He was the, the man who held things together after 9-11. Let's forget all the other things he's done past that. Oh, by the way, Hutchinson is trying to sell a book. Yeah, she's trying to sell a book, and so you can take those with grains of salt. But meanwhile, uh, the rumor that Rudy Giuliani was kind of creepy essentially was all the rage in the in the in the in the annals of the White House and halls of Congress going there. So not so much far fetched, but the timing, of course, is everything. Convicted murderer Alex Murdoch agrees to plead guilty to two dozen, nearly two dozen federal crimes. These are dealing with crimes of money. Essentially, he's taking money from his clients and moving them around and doing things like that. So about two dozen of those federal charges related to financial crimes have been set up. More than a decade of those, about a decade, decade of those been going on. He's pleading to those. He's going to have to pay restitution and spend some jail time for these. However, comma, remember, he's convicted of murder in the state of South Carolina, and so what may happen is he may have to do his time in federal court and then come back to South Carolina to do his time for his that court. So he's going to be in jail, depending on how this works out, for quite some extra time. 
Let's go to our apologies, errors, and omissions section. And this is where we get a chance to fix some things we did wrong in the past couple of days and talk about things, basically sneak in extra stories and just gloat in this case. In this case, it really is a gloat. One of the stories that were in the range for today, we'll explain how range works in a moment, uh, was a update on Lohan Boebert, or actually the bar owned by the man who was at the movie or the, the, the play dating Lauren Boebert where all the fondling happened. With the headline reading, Bar owned by man seen fondling Lauren Boebert in theater video receives a flood of negative reviews. We already talked about the fact that the bar that the man owned um, was a gay bar that was friendly to drag shows, or gay friendly, you say, to hag drag shows, so family values be damned on that end. Now, his Yelp reviews are pretty much bad because we are humans and we do that and we're despicable people, but maybe this guy, not to say that he deserved it, but maybe his comeuppance was coming up. Let's talk about our teaser story for the day. And this is where we talk about how the feeds work and how you feed us the stories we talk about every single day here on the Conversation Projects, things you might have heard, and of course, on the weekend shows as well. What we do is we take your response from Twitter and Facebook, or X and Facebook, and you tell us the stories literally to talk about. You engage in the stories you post about every 50 minutes or so on these feeds at our website, links on these things. And we take the higher engaged scores, uh, put them in a spreadsheet so we can see them one by one, and we give them to you. Today, we gave you eight stories, nine technically, from the top 15 stories. You do that from Tuesday through Friday. On Monday, it's 30 stories top because of the full weekend, and we will give you 10 stories in the rundown. Today, one of the stories that we can talk about, a story that was posted in our feed for you to get into, includes layoffs begin at Michigan Ford plant as strike enters six day. Now, the threat of the strike by the Auto Workers Union, which we know is targeted in various different places, and they, of course, excuse me, have threatened to shut off other targeted places and other places come Friday was matched by the actual automakers as we're starting to see some layoffs at some Ford plants and some expected layoffs at some other plants. About 600 people were officially um, laid off at a Michigan Ford plant because um, they couldn't get work done with various things not going on. Semi-line is halted, so they are laid off. This is a plant that makes a Ford Bronco a very popular vehicle as it's very much in short supply and will continue to be because of this. Will the strike be broken anytime soon? Will we talk about the layoffs as a tactic from the auto worker companies uh, fighting against the auto worker unions? Uh, this is based on you. If this is engaging enough, it's a top 15 story, more likely it will be in the rundown for tomorrow. Go to our feeds on Facebook and Twitter and see if this is a story you want to chat up tomorrow. In the meantime, our spotlight sponsor for the day is Blinkist. For people like us, because you're here because you want a quick check of the news, and we're giving you that. We're giving you more quirky news, as you will. Things you don't necessarily get access to on your mainstream feed, but we give it to you and give it to you fairly quick. You are a person who probably wants to get more information and get it quickly. That's a long way of saying that, but that's the point. Blinkist is a way to get more information and get it quickly. Blinkist is an app that allows you access to many great new and classic nonfiction and autobiographies. Things that are along the lines of personal development and mind-altering things that will allow you to learn more stuff and learn more stuff faster because they create these things in what they call blinks. Blinks are basically 
very, very detailed versions of bits and pieces of the stories, the main points of the story, more or less, and think of it as a Cliff Notes version for you to read in about 15 minutes for a regular four-hour book or listen to because they record all the blinks and they do a lot of great audio um, theater for the books as well. So you get a lesson in 15 minutes. I can read a book, read a book, listen to it on the way into work in 15-minute drives and on my way to bed as I go to sleep because it's 15 minutes I get two books in a day because of that we're gonna revise the uh, Blinkist book club in a new form fairly soon for more and more better media stuff but you can get it on the on the work here plus Blinkist lets you create Blinkist spaces where you can share your blinks with other people who don't have the app you can talk about these stories and have people read them along with you and they don't have to pay for the app it's it's a twofer. It's a fiver. It's whatever you want to make it for. Check it out at this. It's a conversationproject.com slash Blinkist. This is a conversationproject.com slash Blinkist. One more time. This is conversationproject.com slash B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. This is an affiliate link. So if you buy the app, use it and you um, install it and use it and take on the subscription, then we get a cutback as a bring your in-person as a person that's a a, a affiliate add-in. So if you love it, they'll take care of us, but we know they'll take care of you at Blinkist. Hopefully we're taking care of you every single morning here at The Conversation Project. We live online at this is a conversationproject.com. Remember, the feeds are on Facebook and Twitter. Follow those and engage in those stories to tell us what to talk about. Our email address, this is the conversationproject.com is our website. Our email address is think the a conversation inbox at gmail.com. Say that one more time, more clearer, if you will. The conversation inbox at gmail.com, where you can comment with things going on. Remember, this is recorded live at 5.50 a.m. every single weekday morning. And so if you're not watching it live at 5.50, go to our website and find where you can find us in the recordings on audio, on video, or just the links as well. And if you like what we're doing, check out our partnerships page and see if there's ways we can connect to do better things better. Your mileage will always vary going through, but we can always use a few extra hands and make things work out better here. And if you're willing to help us out, we thank you so much in advance. And now prepare for the fun stuff. As promised, we get to the stuff that you enjoy, the, the really good stuff, the fun stuff. It begins now. And the fun stuff always begin every weekday morning with birthdays on the day. September 21st is no exception. Alfonso Ribeiro, as we said, we dance with the stars. He's now the host or co-host of Dance with the Stars. And looks like it's going to prime time or network prime time again. Looks like it's going to be on the air for ABC as writer's strike means they need the space for they need they have the space for stuff and they need the, the programming. Well, but love the guy. Remember back it's starting off in Silver Spoons, a big Broadway kid, and now yeah, he's Will's cousin, but of course, he's doing his own thing. He's the star of America's Greatest Home Videos and the star, the host, the man who cracks the whip for the dancers on Dance with the Stars. 52 years old on the day today. Birthday twin with Luke Wilson. I'll say my favorite Wilson is actually Owen, but Luke is, you know, close there. 52 years old on the day. Luke Wilson um, doing his fair share of great acting and, and things as well. One of the funnier stories I heard about the pandemic was the fact that both Luke and Owen were filming their respective title things, superhero shows, in Atlanta at the time. Luke was working on Stargirl and Owen was working on Loki. And it was a thing where they were nearby, but they literally couldn't see each other because, you know, mask and pandemic. Uh, cool thing on that one. 52 years old for Luke Wilson and Jason Derulo, who I'm growing to actually respect a lot more for the things I'm seeing him doing behind the scenes in music 
and the book he had coming out and just the stuff he's doing that's the philanthropy that's all great still don't know what he sings still can't pick out a song he, he he does i've heard like a kids kids bop version of it and it doesn't do justice i'm sure but jason Turillo turning 34 on this 21st of september our history lesson for today going back to 1897 to start back on this date in the september 21st the yes Virginia, There's a Santa Claus letter was published in the New York Sun in 1897 in September. You would have thought the way they portray the story that it was done around Christmas time, but no, it was in September where the story where Virginia, a young person uh, in New York, was um, asked her dad if Santa Claus is real. And he said, you know, if, you know, you know what we say, if it's in the sun, it's so. So she wrote a letter to the editor asking, is there a Santa Claus? And the response, a very famous letter, yes, Virginia, there's a Santa Claus, published this day in 1897. In 1970, speaking of Monday Night Football, the first edition of this show from ABC's Monday Night Football had the Cleveland Browns, and they beat the New York Jets at Cleveland Municipal Stadium 31-21 on that day. And in 2011, Google's new social network service, Google Plus, was released to the general public. I wonder how that's doing. Wonder how many people are Google Plusing, plusing it these days? None of us. Today, it's 21st September, is Chai Day. Now, yesterday it was a big deal with Fried Rice Day, and we had Fried Rice. We made homemade shrimp fried rice here at the Paint House. Everyone loved it. Uh, with shrimp egg rolls, because shrimp. Chai Day, Chai I'm not the biggest fan of, but I don't hate them. I'm not even a real latte guy. I'm basically. You know, black coffee hit me all day long. But chais are great drinks. They're flavorful. They're they're good for you. Apparently, they, they may be better than coffee. I don't know how you can say that without, you know, blasting me and being struck by lightning. But go out there and um, enjoy yourself a chai today. Um, if you're not used to get one, make the chai market go up by getting one today because today is your excuse to get one and go forward. They are very tasty. I'm just a black coffee guy myself, personally. Your mileage, of course, may vary. And finally... One more thing you might have heard, you have heard my hatred for pumpkin spice. And it is pumpkin flavor season going on with lattes, cupcakes, bagels, and the Wendy's Frosty, which now has a pumpkin spice version. But guess what? Someone, solidarity with me. Everyone's not down with the Wendy's offering for the fall. A woman named Audrey shared on social media this little ditty here. Just a little PSA style testimony here. The pumpkin spice Frosty I was so excited to try at Wendy's is absolutely revolting. I've had some time to think about this whilst powder washing, whilst power washing the inside of my mouth. And the best way I can describe its flavor is this. Melted dollar store pumpkin candle, spirited with 65-year-old Avon perfume, and stirred with the leg of a haunted Victorian doll. Try if you must, but I do not recommend. I, too, Audrey, do not recommend. I do thank you for sticking around for this thing. This has been... The Thursday, September 21st edition in 2023 of Things You Might Have Heard from the Conversation Project. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne. Thank you so much for being a part of the family, being a part of the show, and giving us words to talk about every single weekday morning. You do that by following us on our feeds on Facebook and Twitter. You tell us what to talk about, and we basically talk about it. You can also help us out by, you can tell us what to talk about by emailing us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com and joining us as a partner because... Sure, we'll listen to you if you're a partner. Makes perfect sense. Make sure you're staying limber, staying hydrated, and staying on task for all the grand things you are here on planet Earth to accomplish. Or maybe you're on some other planet. This is going on in the future in some sort of weird mind stream. If that's the case, stay hydrated, limber, and on task as well. 
We'll do this again to wrap this thing up for tomorrow. Eight stories for you, vetted by you, created by me to get you up to speed for the news of the day.